week, our focus is on a manufacturing concern that operated in Brattleboro from 1890 to 1952. During that time, thousands of women were employed in the production of overalls and other garments. The company is best remembered as Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell Overall Company, but it began in 1890 as Courser, Hidden, and Company. Brackett Courser and George Hidden came to Brattleboro from St. Albans to establish a garment factory. They were drawn here by economic and tax incentives offered by the community. A new building constructed by the Holden and Martin Lumber Company by George Kroll had been built on Flat Street. The factory was equipped with steam power. The overall company occupied the third and fourth floor of the building and installed special machinery for cutting and sewing heavy material. The business began employing about 25 women and within a year the number of employees doubled. Market share growth and more investment caused a change in ownership. In 1891, local businessman Colonel George W. Hooker bought into the company and it became known as Hooker, Hidden, and Company. Brackett Courser, one of the original owners, became the superintendent of operations and continued owning a part of the company. In two more years, Colonel Hooker bought out George Hidden, the other original owner. Hidden then began a rival overall company in town known as the Brattleboro Overall Company. This company first operated in the Harmony Block, moved to Centerville, and later located on Elm Street near the Iron Bridge. Colonel Hooker took on another partner, Webster C. Mitchell, who had moved here from Saxons River, and the company was reorganized as Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell. When Colonel Hooker and the late B.G. Courser died in 1902, it brought an end to the partnership between the three men who had been operating the business. W.C. Mitchell, the remaining owner, took charge of the operation for a time, and then a new generation took over. A new corporation was formed named Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell, and James Hooker, son of Colonel Hooker, W.H. Courser, son of B.G. Courser, C.D. Whitaker, and W.H. Proctor became the new owners. The company had been unionized early on, but in 1904, there were contract problems. Garment workers across the country were attempting to set comparable salaries within the industry. The garment workers' union wanted employees to earn similar salaries whether they worked in Vermont or Indiana, and they promoted a piecework production model. Locally, this caused conflict. Workers at Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell operated older machines and were paid a daily wage. Workers at the Brattleboro Overall Company had newer machines and were paid by the number of pieces they produced. The Brattleboro Overall Company quickly accepted the new salary structure suggested by the Garment Workers Union, but Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell did not want to accede to the union demands. Their production model did not fit the national piecework standard, and management did not want to change to the union-suggested model. After weeks of negotiation, a new salary structure was established. It was found that Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell wages were the second highest in the Northeast, and the union was able to come to a mutually beneficial contract with the company. In 1905, the competition between the two overall companies for adequate workers caused the Brattleboro Overall Company to locate to Keene. Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell were employing 280 workers, mostly women, and the Brattleboro Overall Company was not willing to offer competitive wages or working conditions. Some people have looked at the garment industry during this time and labeled Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell a sweatshop. The work was challenging, and there was always danger of injury from the machinery. On the other hand, Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell was known in the local workforce for its liberal vacation policies and flexible working options. The first female doctor in Brattleboro was Dr. Grace Burnett. After graduating from high school, she worked as a teacher in West Dummerston. From 1905 to 1907, she also worked at the Hooker, Courser, and Mitchell factory in order to save money to go to the University of Michigan's medical program.
In the late 19th and early 20th century, workmen wore overalls over their street clothes while performing their trades. The overalls protected the clothes underneath, so when the overalls were slipped off, the workers were clean and presentable. The overalls were manufactured in several different colors, and over the years, the artisans of each trade found a specific color more suitable for their work. Carpenters and painters selected white, plumbers and farmers liked navy blue, automobile mechanics used brown, and railroad men preferred a light blue with a white stripe. Hooker, Corser, and Mitchell became the premier manufacturer of overalls in New England and western New York. One of their best marketing strategies involved visiting fairs and carnivals with pairs of their double-stitched overalls. While at the large public gatherings, a challenge would be made for any two strong men to pull both legs of the overalls in an attempt to rip them apart. Their overalls were guaranteed to never rip, and the company claimed that a pair was never pulled apart at any fair or carnival. In 1938, the business was bought by a new organization headed by Hazen Stockwell, former business manager of the Reformer. Richard Gere, his brother-in-law, became the vice president. The company continued to operate under the same name. During World War II, the overall company reimagined itself as a manufacturer of U.S. Army cotton field trousers. The pants they produced were water-repellent, wind-resistant, and were worn over other clothing to keep the soldiers warm and dry. A visiting army inspector called the trousers a very critical item of combat clothing. After the war, jeans and wash and wear products became more available, overalls lost their popularity, and orders decreased. The company changed hands a few times and became owned by an out-of-town firm named Sawcraft. In 1950, Sawcraft threatened to relocate the factory, but nine local investors bought the garment sewing company instead. The nine local investors were mostly downtown businessmen who wanted to keep the 100 or so manufacturing jobs in Brattleboro. The businessmen leased all of the equipment to a new entity, Blue Jeans Corporation of Vermont. The Blue Jeans Corporation operated until May 1952 when the ownership claimed there was too much union interference in the company. The Blue Jeans Corporation closed its operation and said it was moving the company to the south where there was less union involvement and lower operating costs. This decision ended one of the oldest manufacturing operations in the state. The sewing company had employed mostly Brattleboro area women for over 70 years. In the fall of 1980, the factory building was torn down. Some of the information used in this article comes from the research of Richard Wellman. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.